Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Gulf Screen Guild Theater. The director of the Gulf Theater and your host, Roger Pryor. Our play tonight, The Enchanted Cottage by Sir Arthur Wing Venero, is a modern fable in which we meet Helen Hayes as Laura Pennington and Frederick March as Oliver Bashforth. And now, as stage manager, I call for lights. Music. Curtain rises on the living room of a country cottage in England. It's mid-morning, and Mrs. Minette, the housekeeper, is opening the door for some early visitors. Good morning, Miss Pennington. Good morning, Mrs. Minette. I brought Major Hillgrove to call on Mr. Bashford. Mr. Bashford's not down yet. Come in. Oh, may I, sir? Huh? Uh, Mrs. Minette will take your hat, Major Hillgrove. Oh, of course. Forgive me, Mrs. Minette. For appearing stupid, but the blind are sometimes socially awkward. Blind? That's so I didn't know. Over here, Major Hillgrove. Thank you. How is Mr. Bashford? Not one of his good days, Miss Pennington. You must be prepared for that. Excuse me, I'll get Mr. Bashford. There you are, Major. Yeah. So, uh, that was Mrs. Minette? Yes. I say, does she look like a witch? <laughs> well, now you speak of it. Oh, but not like a wicked witch. Well, the townspeople say that a grandmother was seized by a mob in 1865 and burned for witchcraft. Oh, well, there's the story, yes, but surely you don't believe in witches. Well, we blind amuse ourselves with all sorts of odd fancies. And then, who knows? I think Mr. Bashwick's coming. I, uh, I don't know him very well, so perhaps I'd better wait in the garden. Oh. You can call me when you've finished, and I'll take you home. No, I, I won't be staying long. Wait here, please. Well... Hello. Good morning, Mr. Bashford. This is Major Hillgrove. How do you do? You must forgive me for breaking in on you like this. Your housekeeper said you were a bit under the weather. It's this pain in my head. It'll split on me one of these days. Oh, I'm so sorry. Have you any phenacetin? Nothing does it any good. Oh, do let me get you some. I can go to the druggist and be back in ten minutes. I'll hurry. You don't have to. <laughs> kind little person. My man's in bed with influenza. She gave me an arm across the park. I wonder why the plain women of the world are the kindest, Bashful. How did you know she's plain? You can't see her. I sensed it. Uh, by the way, since we're neighbors, I thought you and I might get together for a talk occasionally. I took this cottage for the sole purpose of being lonely. Sick man? Well, don't I sound like one? Where were you wounded? They are gone. August 18. Where did they get you? My leg, can't you see? Oh, that's right, you can't. Messed up my face with shrapnel, too. But it's my head that pounds and pounds and pounds. You might work right in time. Oh, for heaven's sake, stop that rot. What about you? Attack at Bimi, 13th of April. They gave me a permanent eclipse. Good Lord, what time is that? 11. I had an appointment. I'll miss the chap entirely. Suppose I lend you Mrs. Manette. She'll take you home. Mrs. Manette? I would appreciate it. Yes, Mr. Bashford. Will you help Major Hillgrove across the park? Of course, sir. Thank you, Mrs. Manette. I hope you'll forgive my bad manners, Major. Will you 
You come see me again? How about tomorrow? I'll look for you, Major. Good morning. Now, if you'll just warn me of the steps, Mrs. Minnett, I think we'll get along famously. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh, Mother. Yes, hello, Mother. Oh, no, please. Oh, please, let's not discuss that again. I, I, I tell you I'm perfectly all right. No, no, there's no use in your coming down here, Mother. But, but don't you see, I said, don't you... Hello? Hello, you... Huh? Oh. Oh, Miss Pennington. Yeah, that, uh, Major uh, remembered an appointment, and Mrs. Manette took him home. Oh, I hurried as fast as I could. Here's the phenacetin. Thank you, thank you. There's water there in the carafe. Uh, yes. Two tablets now and two more in three or four hours, if your head still hurts. Now, you must lie down here on the sofa. I'll fix the pillow. Thank you. It's best to keep quiet after phenacetin. There. Is that comfortable? Yes, yes, very. Well... Well, good morning, Mr. Bassett. I say, Miss Pennington. Yes? Hey, uh, I've discovered I shall have to leave this cottage. Leave? You mean for good? Yes. Hide myself somewhere or other. But hide from whom? My people. They won't let me alone. I mean, they, they will pester me and torment me. Torment you? I came down here because they were turning me into a raving lunatic with their meddling. You see, they, they don't realize that I'm done. I'm finished. I'm washed up. But, Mr. Bassett, that isn't true. When you've rested in your head, better. You don't realize that I have to avoid people who knew me as I was. Healthy, strong, and active. They they don't know how I loathe the shriveled face and shrunken carcass. Oh, Mr. Baxter, you can't... You mustn't say those things. I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be pouring all this out on you. Oh, it isn't that. I'm terribly upset. You see, I, I was just talking to my mother on the telephone before you came in. You know what the latest plan is? They're sending my sister Ethel down here to take care of me. Won't you like that? Ethel. We've always fought as long as I can remember. And she irritates me. She, she rubs me raw. I can't stand anymore. But if she's your sister, Mr. Bashworth, I, I should think... She's she... a tyrant. A meddlesome you tyrant. You must relax. Just lie back and close your eyes. There, Mr. Bashworth. I, I hope you won't be angry with me for offering you advice... Oh, why should I? Everyone gives me advice. You know, it isn't good for you to live alone. Whether you remain here in this cottage or go somewhere else. Oh, Mrs. Manette looks after me. You can't count on Mrs. Manette or any housekeeper. Why don't you fall in with this plan of your people? Give it a trial. Pain in my head's more than I can stand. Dreadful that you should have no companion. Nobody to read to you or play cards with you on a wet day. Fill your pipe for you. Chat over the news in the papers in the long evening. Oh, I don't mind it. Better than having my family around. But you're not well. You need someone. Why, often and often, during the rough weather we've been having lately, when the wind has been roaring in my chimney and my fire hissing at the rain, I've pictured you sitting here alone. And I... I... Oh, they'll be waiting lunch. I really must go. No, no, wait. No, don't go yet. Oh, but I must have... You see, it's... No. You're kind. You're very kind. You wouldn't get on a man's nerves. Strip the very skin off of him. Goodbye, Mr. Baxter. No, look here. I am desperately lonely at times. And you must be, too. We're both in the same boat. Two misfits, you mean? Well, something like that. Miss Pennington, I... I know this may seem a rather startling idea, but... 
But why not give up your lodgings and move into my cottage? Well, you don't... Oh, you're laughing at me. This is your idea of a joke. Oh, no, I'm dead serious. Oh, well, we'd be married first, of course. That would keep my silly mother and sister away. And my stepfather, too. Oh, it's fantastic. You don't know what you're saying. But I do. Oh, if you want to marry and keep your people away, well, there must be dozens of smart, pretty girls in London in your own family. Pretty family. girls. They're the... Those are the kind I, I can't face. I, do, do I look like an eligible husband for a pretty girl? Oh. Oh, I see. You see what? You asked me to marry you, Mr. Bashford. Not only to protect yourself from your family, but because I possess the special qualification of being ugly. Miss Pennington, I didn't mean to... It doesn't matter. I think I'd better go. Oh, Miss Pennington, don't go, please. Please. Oh, could you? How could you? Oh, please. I, I wouldn't have hurt you for the world. What I what I meant to say was that no woman would marry me except in pity. And the girls in my set, as you call them, are not the sort who devote themselves to an unsightly, neurotic wreck such as I've become. Oh, I, I am sorry I've hurt you. Oh, it was stupid of me to be upset. Of course, I know I'm plain, but it's a shock to be told about it so bluntly. I'd give anything to call it all back. May I make one suggestion, Mr. Hmm. Bashford? Never again you approach an unattractive woman in this way. Remember that even unattractive women have their dreams. Dreams? Of forgetfulness, of oblivion. Dreams in which they're just as lovely and desirable as the loveliest and the most desirable of their sex. Remember that. And if you can spare them too complete an awakening, it's an act of charity. Miss Pennington, your name's Laura, isn't it? Uh, Laura. Yes, Miss Manette. The mail, sir. Leave it there on the table. Yes, sir. I suppose Miss Pennington is staying to lunch? Oh, no, I'm just going, Mrs. Manette. No, 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 you must stay. Now, really, you must. Oh, no, I can't. No, no, please. Well, all right. If you want me to. Yes, Miss Pennington will stay, Mrs. Manette. Yes, sir. I thought she would. I say, did you, uh, you see her face when she came in? I wonder if she was listening outside the door. Why should she? I don't know, but uh, <laughs> you know the story. They, they say she's a witch. <laughs> Do you think she's planning to cast some kind of spell? <laughs> oh, no, no, that's poppycock, of course. Listen. What is it? Mrs. Manette. Good Lord, Mrs. Manette's laughing. I call this a hill, but I say it's a mountain. Oh, you can't take it. That's what comes of not eating your bread crust when you were little. Oh, you've got it all wrong. Bread crust that'll make your hair curly. Oh. Here, let's sit down. <gasps> Look. You can see the whole countryside from here. There's the river. There's the crossroads. And there's the church, see? Hey, Laura. Yes, Oliver? Mother phoned again this morning. Ethel's planning to move in on me next week. So I'll have to disappear. You mean go away? Must. I've got to. I'll miss you. Oh, don't think I won't miss you. I'll always remember these last two weeks. I shan't forget them. We have had fun. When will you go? Tomorrow. So soon? Oh, no. Well, I... I wouldn't have to go at all if you'd... If you'd marry me. 
can't ask you to love me, but we do get along. We could be happy together. Very happy. I... I need you. Do you, Oliver? Desperately. Be kind. Say yes. Then yes, Oliver. Yes. Something dreadful would happen if a bride wasn't carried over the threshold. There, there you are. I beg your pardon. Oh, Mrs. Manette. I didn't mean to frighten oh. you. I'm so happy for you both. Thank you, Mrs. Manette. And, and now, if, if you'll rustle us up some supper. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, right away. Make it something special, please. I say, it's getting dark, isn't it? Better light the lamp, hmm? Oliver, did, did you notice how she looked at us? Oh, Mrs. Manette? Oh, don't bother about her. Yeah. That's better, isn't it? A lamp can... can... What's the matter? Nothing's happening. I don't know what. Can't you feel it? Yes. Yes, I can. It's in the air. It's all about us. Oliver, I'm frightened. Hold me. Tight, Oliver. Nothing can hurt you now, darling. Oliver. What is it? When you carried me just now, you didn't limp. You're standing so straight. And they've gone. Your scars. Look there in the mirror. Walk, Oliver. Walk. Let me show you. Wait. Wait, Laura. Don't move. Stand just as you are. I can't believe it. With the light falling on your hair like that. Striking sparks in your eyes. I hadn't realized. But you... You weren't like this. You've become... Yes, that's it. You've changed. What is it, dearest? Oh, Laura, you're beautiful. Beautiful. brief moment before the curtain in the Gulf Theater rises on Act Two of The Enchanted Cottage, we'd like to send all our neighbors here in America our best wishes for the Thanksgiving season. Each one of us must make up for himself his own list of things to be thankful for, but high on every list will be the fact that all Americans can call each other neighbor. That use of the word neighbor tells us an important fact about our country. It tells us that the miracles of modern communication especially the family automobile and our coast-to-coast network of good roads, have made neighbors even of families on opposite sides of a continent. Perhaps you drove home to see your folks last Thursday, or possibly you're planning to take a trip in your car sometime soon. Well, just that kind of travel is what helps maintain sympathy and understanding between all Americans. And speaking for the good Gulf dealers along your way and for the Gulf oil companies, let me tell you how proud Gulf is of its share in the work of making automobile travel more convenient and more economical for all alike, in helping to keep all Americans neighbors. And so, the curtain's about to rise on the second act of The Enchanted Cottage, starring Helen Hayes and Frederick March. Lights! Lights! 
It's the next evening at the cottage. Oliver and Laura, frightened and incredulous at the spell that's been cast over them, send for their blind friend, Major Hillgrove. I had my man bring me over as soon as I got your note, Bashforth. Is something wrong? If you could see us with your eyes, I mean... We had to talk to someone. You sound frightened. You understood from Oliver's letter, didn't you, that something had happened, something out of the common? Vaguely. I I didn't dare be more explicit in the letter. You'll never believe us, Oliver. No one could. Major Hillgrove, I'm not plain anymore. She's beautiful. Gloriously beautiful, Hillgrove. And Oliver, oh, if you could see him. Laura's growing lovelier and lovelier every day. And Oliver, stronger and straighter and handsomer. But don't you hear the difference? Yes, don't it? you hear it, Major Hillgrove? Why, yes, uh, yes. Oh, I'm frightened. I'm so frightened. You see, we believe, not, I, I know you laugh at us, but we believe it's that woman. Woman? Mrs. Manette. You know, my housekeeper. The witch. Oh, oh, don't, oh, don't laugh, oh, don't oh, laugh, oh, please. Oh, we believe it. How how else could this thing have happened? Unless we're under some sort of spell, enchantment. Tell me, Oliver, when did this... Uh, When uh, did the change begin? Yesterday. On our homecoming. After the marriage. Almost as soon as we set foot in this cottage. Mrs. Manette was waiting at the door to welcome us. That moment was when the change began, Major Hillgrove. We thought it was some sort of illusion. But in the morning, over the breakfast table, we both saw clearly how we'd changed. So frightening. But why? Uh, What is there to be alarmed about? But don't you see? if, If Mrs. Manette is a witch and our transformation is due to sorcery... Well, what she's given, she can take away. Exactly, Hilgo. Supposing I offend Mrs. Manette, or Oliver does. It's so easy to offend without meaning to. Oh, you must advise us, Major Hilgo. What do we do? Yes, what? Well, I I do hear this change in you, and I say take the gift and enjoy it without question. Accept it humbly as a heaven-sent miracle, and thank God for it on your bended knees. A heaven-sent miracle? Yes. Yes, that's, that's just what it is. A heaven-sent miracle. Bedtime, Laura. Tomorrow. How I dread it. Oh, you'll knock Mother and Stepfather right off their feet. You haven't told them about it. I mean, about the change. Not a word. No, I want them to see and they shan't see until Major Hillgrove breaks the ice a bit. I hope your mother and stepfather will like me. Like you? Oh, darling. You'll be irresistible. <laughs> Put out that light while I lock up the door, eh? Oliver. Hmm? I want to be married all over again. Good heavens, what for? I want to have a grand wedding with a bevy of bridesmaids and a page to carry my train. I want to be married by a bishop. A grave, portly bishop with lawn sleeves and all the rest of it. And I want to wear a dress of ivory satin and a Honiton lace veil and a magnificent pearl necklace, a present from the bridegroom. Oh, and oh, I want... oh you're really doing it in style. <laughs> oh. We'll take it up with mother and stepfather tomorrow. Oh, yes. Yes, tomorrow. Well, you ready to go up? Yes, darling, ready. <laughs> Mr. Smallwood, your son Oliver and his wife have been kind enough to invite me to meet you and Mrs. Smallwood here this afternoon. I had no idea that my daughter-in-law was having him at home. Yes, we were under the distinct impression that our visit was to be a family affair. Purely a family affair. Oliver should be here to receive us. This is his duty. Oh, the young person he married. Well, Mrs. Smallwood, your son is in the next room. The next room? With his wife. They're waiting for me to summon us. Really, I can't understand this extraordinary behavior. Well, they've asked me to prepare you for a very great surprise. 
I must say this sudden marriage was a bombshell. He's simply thrown himself away. We understand his wife is nobody and unsightly into the bargain. Ah, that brings us to the point, Mr. Smallwood. Your daughter-in-law was a plain young woman. Was? Your son and Miss Pennington were married. They entered that door. He, a shattered, wry-necked, half-crippled fellow. And she, a little, meager, wasted thing, whose only charm was a gentleman. Most unattractive. When they crossed that threshold, the change began. Change? What change? Do you believe in miracles? Modern miracles? That may happen to you, to me, today, tomorrow? That may relieve misfortune, retrieve disaster? That may heal the sick, make the lame walk and the blind? The blind. See? Well, really, I... I do. For I tell you that Oliver and his wife have been touched by a power which is beyond earthly power. And they're wonderfully... Gloriously transformed. Transformed? Did you say transformed? Laura is beautiful. With music in every sound she breathes. And uh, my ear tells me, grace in every movement of a lovely body. And Oliver walks erect. He's limp. He's gone. I'll bring them in now. My wife, Father. I uh, hope you and she will be great friends. Step, Father, this is Laura. How do you do? How do you do? It's so kind of you both to come to see me. Uh, Mother, I suppose Major Hillgrove's explained the way it all happened. Happened? Yes, the change in us. You ever know anything so marvelous? I mean, you can't judge of the change in Laura, of course, but... But you can see the difference in me. My dear boy, I... Yes, yes. The change is most marked, Oliver. Most marked. Marked? Is that all you've got to say? Well, look at us. Poor Oliver. Don't We're you We're very see sorry, that... Ollie. You have to go away so quickly. We warned you this is only a flying visit. Mother! Oh, Major Hillgrove, how could you? Never mind, Agnes. Goodbye, Oliver. Every happiness, my dear. Come, Agnes. I'll write you soon, Oliver. Goodbye, darling. Goodbye, Major Hillgrove. Major, Laura, what's the meaning of their behavior? What's the meaning of it? Oliver, don't. You are beautiful. You are. And you, Oliver. Laura, come here. Yes, Major. I want to touch your face. Yes. Yes, I see. Major Hillgrove, am I beautiful? Am I? Well... Why don't you answer her? Oliver, Laura, I'm afraid we've been under an illusion. Mrs. Minette. You call me, madam? No. No. Come here, Mrs. Minette. Yes, sir? Tell me, you've known Mrs. Bashforth for a long time. Yes, sir. And Mr. Bashforth for some months. Yes, sir. Then you are thoroughly familiar with their appearance before they were married. Yes, sir. When they entered this cottage after their marriage, were they just as you'd always known them? Yes. Yes, sir. Their outward appearance, their looks, there's been no change? Answer me, Mrs. Minette. No. No, sir. Look at them. Are they still just as you've always known them? Are they? 
Yes, sir. I knew you had to find out the truth this afternoon. I'm sorry, Alice. Mrs. Minnie, what is there to be sorry for? Shall I let you into a secret? Secret? Oh, yes. Yes. A man and woman in love have a gift of sight that's not granted to others. Keep your love, and you'll always be beautiful to each other. Scarecrow that I am, if my man could rise out of his grave and walk in this minute, even I would be pretty to him. Even I. Well, I'd better go home now, I think. Laura and I will take you, Major. Unless Laura's tired. I am tired. You'll forgive me, Major Hillgrove. Forgive you. Forgive me. Dear friend. Goodbye. Till tomorrow. Don't hurry, Oliver. I shan't be lonely. Come, Major. We'll be expecting you for lunch tomorrow, so don't disappoint us. Thank you. Oliver. Yes, Laura. What is it, darling? You forgot to kiss me. (laughs) So I did. Darling, if there should be a child, there's a chance. A chance that it'll be beautiful, isn't there? Not a chance. A certainty. Because of you. Because of you. If it's a girl, it'll be the most beautiful thing in creation. If it's a boy... The sturdiest kid that ever breathed. Yes, it will. I know it will. You're lovely. You're lovely beyond anything I ever imagined. You're more wonderful than anything I've ever known. (laughs) Those silly people. Why can't they see? We see. We know. That's all that matters. We know. Helen, and thank you, Freddie. Thank you very much. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here we are, ready for our weekly question box, in which the stars appearing on the program are asked one question each, and if they fail to answer, they have to pay a forfeit. Well, good night, folks. It was nice meeting you Wait all. Wait a minute, Freddie. Wait for me. Oh, you too, Helen. Oh, yes. I just remembered to left some potatoes on the stove. Oh, now, Helen, you're not afraid of questions. Oh, yes, Roger, I am. Whenever I hear a lot of questions, I start getting confused. Well, that's natural enough. I, I know that often when there's some kind of a discussion, lots of us get confused because we hear so many different statements that it's hard to know what to think. Isn't that right, Harry? Yes, it certainly is, Roger. And you know, folks, a good many confusing things can be said. In fact, I fear sometimes are said about gasoline. The important thing, however, for you to remember always is to buy the product of a company in which you have the utmost confidence. A company whose avowed policy is to manufacture and sell only the finest products that skill, science, and great resources make possible. And will you remember also that this is the policy of Gulf? That its gasolines, Good Gulf and No Knox, are today greatly improved over what they were even six months ago. Just as six months ago, they were better products than they were the year before. All this is done as a matter of course, and is the result of forever keeping pace with every known means of product improvement. With Gulf, the policy of constantly improving the quality of its products is a pledge. A pledge that you motorists will find maintained whenever you stop at the sign of the Gulf Orange Disc. Thank you, Harry Von Zell. And now for the question box. The first question goes to Freddie March. Freddie, I'm going to give you the history of a certain star. And whenever you think you know who it is, you say so. All right. Now, she was born in London, has appeared in 37 stage productions, introduced the song Limehouse Blues, 
and has appeared in more Noel Coward shows uh, than any... Uh, wait a minute. Uh, uh, Gertrude Lawrence. Absolutely right, Freddie. And incidentally, Gertrude Lawrence will appear in the Gulf Theater next Sunday with Herbert Marshall and Johnny Mac Brown. And now here's a question for Helen Hayes. Helen, uh, do you know Bing Crosby? Oh, yes. Well, that was an easy question. Goodbye. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's, that's not the question. What's Bing Crosby's real full name? Um, uh, uh, Bingham? Bingham? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. He probably wishes it were, but his real name is Harry Lillis Crosby. And oh, Helen, for your, for your forfeit, uh, you must read this. Oh. Oh. <clears throat> The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. It blesseth him that gives and him that takes. That's, that's right, Helen. That's, that's easy. But now read it as Jimmy Durante would read it. Come oh. on. <laughs> um, <sighs> the quality of mercy is not Thank you, Helen Hayes. And now, ladies and gentlemen, before we say goodnight, I'd like to extend you an invitation to tune in next week when we bring you from New York, Gertrude Lawrence, Herbert Marshall, Johnny Mac Brown, and, of course, Oscar Bradley and his Gulf Orchestra. Until then, this is Roger Pryor saying goodnight, everybody. Helen Hayes appears tonight with the courtesy of the makers of Campbell's Soup. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. A.N.X. Los Angeles, the voice of Hollywood. <laughs>